and welcome to episode number 51. As we have reached the mid-century mark, it's time to unravel the situation of the century, which we are currently going through high prices, inflation, crisis, stock markets are all red, all day, every day. <laughs> um, that's basically the current situation of things and I think it's a good time for all of us to just get together and um you know stick together and also try to pull our knowledge and information together in order to make the best decisions moving forward and with that today we have actually decided to cover the topic of inflation and i think andrew will guide us through the brief history of inflation and perhaps what are the best ways we can go about it in order to secure a better future I, I, don't, I don't know why, Nico, you make it sound like it's a very depressing topic. <laughs> that we are all gathered here for like a, you know, community service or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, tough times, yeah. Tough times. yeah it, it is tough times actually. If we're looking at the market, it has been down for a number of months now. It's not only really just like yesterday or last week or whatever, right? It's been down for a very long time. Uh, crypto is also down. Almost anything that you can think of that's investable, it's mm. down. Right. So why is it down? Primarily is because of like Nico said, inflation, right? So inflation, whenever inflation goes up too high, then you know, things get spiraled out of control. Um to understand that a little bit, we have to look at the history first. Because nowadays we like to go back in time and look at history, right? Mm -hmm. So inflation has been around for a while now, right? And this has been the topic since early 2021, which is more than a year ago. And only now investors are starting to feel the burn, right? Like Nico said. Um, but Nico, do you actually recall the Federal Reserve saying that all of this was transitory? I mean, that that is the keyword they use, right? Transitory. Do you recall yeah. that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's supposed to be like a for a while sort of a thing, right? Yeah, for a while. <laughs> yeah, but it's not really for a while, right? I mean, like if you're talking about January 2021 and now it's been one and a half years. One and a half years is quite a long time in the stock market, right? I mean, if you're looking at uh, short-term swings and all those kinds of those kind of things, right? It's a very long time. But at that time, right, inflation rate was only 4%, way below 5%. And people were already panicking about inflation. And our latest CPI reading, 8.6% in May, highest since 1981. So inflation is at all-time high right now, and this caused stocks and crypto to have a massive downfall. But investors always like to lie to themselves. Like me, I like to lie to myself also, right? Saying stuff like, the only reason inflation is high is because gas prices are high, or the airplane tickets are high, and the rest are pretty much stagnant. But what is stagnant? They, these people have been saying, the number for stagnant these days is 4 to 5%. But that amount is still quite high in America because in the past 20 years or so, right, the not maybe 20 years, past 10 years, right, the inflation was only 2% in America. Mm. You are basically doubling your inflation rate. So 2 to 4 doesn't sound like a big number lah, if you're a gambler, right? But <laughs> if you're looking at it in mathematical point of view, right, it's double, right? So it's not good. But Many of our listeners are not in America. So if you guys are living in Malaysia or Southeast Asia, excluding Singapore, because they are the only country that is considered first world, I would say, many third world countries generally have higher inflation and Malaysia is, has a general inflation around 4% usually. Mm. That is what Bank Negara gives us, 4%, right? Yep. Um, since we are talking about the inflation in Malaysia, let me run you through something called real returns and what is real returns right so real returns is actually your return from investing 
Okay, get this return from investing minus your inflation rate in your country. So let's just say you are a Malaysian today and you have made 4% in the stock market last year, but the inflation rate in your country is also 4%. Your real return is zero because yeah, 4% and 4% minuses out, which means that if you could buy 100 burgers last year, this year you can also only buy 100 burgers. You are just matching inflation rate. Mm. But if you have made 5% from the stock market and your inflation in your country is 4%, maybe now you can buy 105 burgers instead of only 100 burgers. And that is the goal of investing. You do not just want to match the rate of inflation. I mean, matching is actually a big task these days. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, the, the, the idea of investing is obviously to beat the rate of inflation, right? Mm, Correct, yeah. right, Nico? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want to beat the rate of inflation and... Uh, to improve your, I don't know, what do you call this? Uh, the the status of your life, net worth. <laughs> yeah, you know, have a better lifestyle, lah, basically, right? And people are in Malaysia, right? I always hear them say like, oh, this is something about ASB, right? I always have friends like say like, oh, ASB back then in the eighties would give us like twenty percent return, but we always have to remember back then the inflation is eighteen percent per year. Your mm. true return is only two percent. So what is the difference now? Almost none, I would say. Your true return is still 2% because inflation in Malaysia is 4% as Bank Nagara says. And the mm -hmm. ASB returns is probably around 6%. So your true return is still 2%. I mean, yeah. allow me to round it up to 6%. La. I know it's not 6%, la, probably <laughs> like 5.5% or something like that. right? But you know, generally, the concept is still there. You need to understand that true return is what we're looking at, not just your investment portfolio return nowadays, you know? Yeah. Because inflation yeah. is high. If inflation is at zero, then your portfolio return is what you make completely, right? Yeah. But that's not the case anymore, right? So, in Malaysia, we are currently experiencing also very high inflation rate. Uh, we have a shortage of flour. Uh, for America, they call it flour. Um, British, we call it flour, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, one of the best delicacy in Malaysia, my go-to meal when I was a student was roti canai. And... <laughs> I, I still do it because <laughs> I'm an engineer. <laughs> no money. Yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah, it's going up by 50%, I heard, right, Nico? Yeah, in some places, uh, for sure. In, yeah, in some places. So, uh, that day, for the first time ever, I went to Mama. They, they had no roti chanai. I was shocked. Like, there was no roti chanai because of the supply chain constraint. And, you know, these kind of things are just spiraling out of control. Yeah. But, are we actually screwed, Nico? Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, tough times come and go. So, you know, for the short term, it looks bad. But in the long run, eventually, you know, things will get better. La. But it's just how screwed we are depends on what kind of decisions we make. La. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Because the ball is always in your side of the field. How you want to kick the ball is up to you, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Basically, are we screwed? Because the stock market has been dying, uh, people have been saying like, oh shit man, the market is dying, the pur you're, you're losing purchasing power from your stock market, you know, you park all your money in the stock market, the stock market going down, prices going up, gone case lah, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. what can we do, right? So, in tough times, we look for God most of the time, right? But for investors, in tough times, we look at Warren Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> you look at what kind of investments he's making in the, yeah. yeah 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 so uh, he, he normally because he has survived through the highest inflationary era like in 80s or something like that in america yeah. right mm -hmm. that he made a, a lot of money back then right so 
to understand what can we do, we go back to the Godfather lah. Uh, I, I wish I could play the La Cremosa composed by Mozart. Uh, maybe Nico, you can add that in lah if you know how to it in, right? <laughs> But uh, some background music. music. <laughs> Sorry. Some background music. Yeah, yeah some background music. The La Cremosa one. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But Warren Buffett said that uh, for business to do well in high inflationary times, they need to have both of these characteristics. Not one, but both. All right, they need to have both of this, and. Number one is an ability to increase prices rather easily without fear of significant loss of either share market a uh, market share or unit volume, and this should be this should happen even when the product demand is flat and capacity is not fully utilized. So this basically is just pushing your cost to the consumer lah, to the customer. Right, the spike in prices that you have to pay for your raw materials now, you pass it on to your customers so that the margins are not so badly impacted. It will still be impacted, but maybe from maybe your margin was forty percent, it won't drop to like twenty percent. Maybe it goes like thirty three percent. You know, it's not half. Like you, it doesn't die off like that. Yeah. So, what companies are good for this? Right, uh, that they can push on to the customers. One company that I can think of is like Microsoft. Uh, mm. Why they are good is because that they have this thing that everyone needs a moat. When everyone needs you, your ability to do whatever you like is easier to be accepted. Obviously, people will give you a little bit of resistance, right? Obviously, uh, yeah. people won't be happy. But generally, you have to think of it as a business owner today. If you're a business owner, you won't want to switch to another brand, a competitor of Microsoft, because you have to think of it this way: you got to train your people to use a new software. The time to switch to install the software, you don't know you don't have one computer. You know you got thousands of computer. Your yeah. clients are constantly chasing you, and your clients' software compatibility. You might be using, let's just say. AutoCAD in engineering, you use AutoCAD. Suddenly, you send to your client some BIM model they don't have. Can I even open the software? Gone case mm-hmm. lah. You cannot do those kind of things, right? So Microsoft, everyone uses Microsoft. Right now, I'm reading my script of Microsoft Word. I'm pretty sure Nico probably is doing the same thing also, <laughs> yeah. right? So, what what do you think about this, Nico? Um, yeah, I think it's exactly right. Like the companies that will do well are the ones that have a say in the pricing, lah. So and it's not not just for like software lah, because I think software it it there's give and take because people will tend to just stick to certain softwares. Like let's say right now I'm using uh, Windows 10, right? During periods of high inflation, so I don't have to buy Windows 11. I can just keep on using Windows 10 for the next three years, right. maybe four years, right? And mm-hmm. by then inflation is over. But yeah, for sure, for people who want to get a new laptop. And Microsoft pushes up the price; they're still going to buy it either way, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. not just like software. Like I was saying, like I think we can look at other markets. So think of in terms of like insurance. Mm. Anyhow, so people are going to pay for it because the market rate is going up. People mm. are still going to pay for it, or maybe even commodities, right? You're talking about the price of vegetables and fruits or produce. Flour lah, flour lah. Ah, yeah. Roti canai, you need to eat lah. Exactly. So no matter what the price is, somebody is going to pay for it anyways, ah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, for those of the com- those companies that don't have this kind of a uh, need, right? Uh, they are the ones that are going to struggle. Uh, like if you're talking about Netflix right now, I think if they yeah. were to try and increase their prices right now, it'll be very dangerous for them as a business because already they're in a competitive market and their <laughs> their user base is uh, declining, yeah, not declining, declining lah, not not declining, uh, growing slower. Yeah, so if they were to increase their price now, it's going to be very hard for them to maintain their user base, right? Yeah. And so that's exactly opposite of what Warren Buffett is talking about. Like, it's not easy for them to increase prices. It's actually very difficult for them to increase prices. Correct. Correct. 
So generally, right, you want to find a company that has a moat, right? That's something that separates me from you, that I can do whatever I like, and you still can't take away what I have, which is my market share or my unit mm. volume that I'm selling per month or whatever, right? Yeah. So that's point number one. Warren Buffett has also given another point, which is point number two, your second point. And these two must go together or else the company will not do that well in high inflationary era, all right? Number two is the ability to accommodate large dollar volume increases in business with only minor additional investment capital. All right, it sounds very complex. If you tell me to read it 10 times to you, I still cannot understand. But ultimately, what he tries to say is the, it, it means that you cannot, when you cannot pass the cost to your customers, right, in point one, because this point, right, it says that if you cannot point, pass your uh, cost to your customers, you got to now cut the investment, but at the same time, scaling your business and growing your business. If you're looking at it, at it uh, from a car point of car manufacturer point of view, let's just say Toyota or whatever car manufacturer, right? To grow your business means probably you got to take a higher amount of cars because you tried raising your prices, lah. Toyota today tried raising their prices. Everyone's like, mm. nah, fuck that. I don't want to buy this car at this price, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. want. I, I don't want, right? And you would like to maintain the price now because uh, nobody wants to buy your, what do you call that? You go back to your old price. But mm-hmm. how you want to scale your business is you got to increase the manufacturing, right? But the problem with increasing manufacturing, it's going to mean more factories, more missionaries, and these things don't come cheap. Yeah. However, if you look at companies like Meta, for example, right? Again, I'm using a uh, digital uh, thing, an example. Mm-hmm. You you try to raise the price for ads, but people are going to your competitors, maybe to Google or whatever, right? You, you, you can say, okay, it's fine. I'll go back to my old price because it didn't really work out. But I will maintain my price, my old price now. Instead of seeing one ad every five stories on Instagram, I'll throw one ad every two stories on Instagram. And I get to increase my revenue, right? So, that's ultimately point number two. Makes sense, Aniko. Yeah, I mean, it ties back to this term called uh, shrinkflation. Mm. So, um, the price maintains the same, but the quantity of the item is decreasing. So, yeah. maybe last time, you know, you will buy one kg of something for $1. Now, you're getting maybe 900 grams for the same dollar. So, the price maintained, but the item or the... Um, service that you're acquiring is actually of lower value but you don't see it because it's not on the price tag right yes mm. so one very good example is kfc uh, back then when you were a kid i remember if you go to kfc you get a bloody big piece one mm. nowadays the drumstick i think two bites gone case <laughs> i think la, i think la, maybe i have a very big mouth <laughs> very hungry la. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just that uh, what do you call this uh, one more example I can remember also back then in college right you know the pot- mm. twisters uh, the potato chips uh, oh, half of yeah. the bag is empty with air one yes yes today, yes. today three quarters is air you know not even half of the bag anymore <laughs> three quarters is air <laughs> So yeah, shrinkflation is real and you can get it almost everywhere. And it, it's proven fact, uh, like uh, companies do release, uh, what do you call that? Uh, There's like surveys and stuff like that, that they they do come out factually uh, that shrinkflation is real. It's not bullshit, yeah. uh, it's not made up, made up one. Uh. Yep. Yeah, so that's point two, right? So Nico, out of these two points, what, what, do, what do you think so far? I think so far it's quite accurate uh, in the sense that for you to... Um, pick an investment in terms of like i think right now we're talking about buying stocks only right um definitely you will want your business to be able to do these two things in order to ride through the tough times because 
I mean, there's a lot of other things like, you know, having uh, the ability to pay off their debts and stuff, but that yeah. comes later, right? This is just mainly talking about um, riding through and maintaining, exactly. Yeah. Being able to maintain your business model and also your margins is already good enough la, to stay afloat. Yeah. So, Some, sometimes yeah. it's like this, la, like if you're a sailor, right? When when the skies are clear you want to sail as fast as you can but when the storm hits right your job is to make the boat float that's all it's yeah. not to sink the boat <laughs> and when high inflationary times it's most likely a shit storm lah. Mm. <laughs> it's the worst storm that you can go through and a good captain a boat sailor or whatever you want to call them is their job is just to make the boat float and your ceo right now is just to make the boat float ride out through the storm however long this may take right and make sure it, it gets to see the end of the sunlight lah. Uh, yeah. not, not the sunlight from God lah. You know, when you're sending <laughs> to heaven, that sunlight God gets lah. No one which side lah. Not the sunlight lah, guys. Uh, the, the, the end of the rainbow. What, what, uh, Irish rainbow, yeah. whatever. But, <laughs> but that, that Nico was talking earlier about um, all this. We were talking about stocks, right? But actually, Warren Buffett, when one of these AGM in Berkshire Hathaway, right? A lady from India actually asked Warren Buffett, um, what can investors in countries like India do where inflation rate is extremely high? I mean, not only India has extremely high inflation rate, countries like Turkey also have high inflation rate. Mm. I remember working at my current company right now, right? There was this one year in 2020, we did it. The company didn't offer any increment because we are in the oil and gas sector and, you know, 2020 oil and gas was hit very very badly right yes. and i had no bonus no increment i i'm not trying to sound like i'm a privileged fellow right no mm. bonus i know a lot of people in malaysia don't really get bonus on right so i'm very privileged in that area but that year also we had no uh, increment but for countries like turkey right increment is actually very important for them because their inflation is like 20 percent a year mm. and the lady actually went on and posted in, we have like a Facebook, like an internal Facebook, right? Uh, that the CEO will write a post and then anyone can go comment. And this was the top comment. You, do you know what it's like for people like us in Turkey? If you do not give us an increment, we can barely feed ourselves next year. That's mm -hmm. what she said in the post. And it's public, you know, and it's top comment. So mm -hmm. countries like Turkey and all experience high inflation, not only India, right? That And Malaysia 4%, I would consider quite good lah. <laughs> We're comparing to countries like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But what Warren Buffett is about to say, right? I never expected him to say this lah when I was watching this uh, old clips, you know, like how, Nico, you like to watch Ronaldo 2008 best skills <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I, sometimes yes, yes. I go watch old, old clips of Warren Buffett. I'm pretty sure you do as well because uh, we are just built that way. Yeah, uh, we are yeah. a little bit weird, weird lah, I would say. But I never expected him to say this lah. Uh, that he said, inflation came to us many years ago where one out of a million men really understands it. But the best protection or investment against inflation is to improve your own earning power, your own talents, because not many people can maximize their talents. And if you increase your talents, they cannot take it away from you, like what inflation is doing. And you can become more useful in your profession, uh, such as doctor, lawyer, or whatever it may be. Mm. So, indirectly, right, he's saying, don't be a lazy fuck like Andrew, not making any videos on YouTube. <laughs> uh, and the stock market can be tough to be profitable. But when I say profitable, I don't mean like oh, your, your 
portfolio profits. I mean your true returns profit, like I was what I was talking about ASP earlier. Mm-hmm. Because inflation is high, right? Yeah. Sometimes you cannot. You yeah, you make make twenty percent, but if inflation twenty percent, you're making zero again, right? So yeah. at the same, so he's saying like sometimes right, it, it's not always looking at money wise, but also increasing your earning power by increasing your skills. What do you think about that, Nico? I think it's. I mean, it makes sense, lah. It's very logical in the sense that for the average person. If you're not in the business of investing, it's not your job to be investing. Then, of course, obviously, you should improve yourself, improve your skills, and demand higher pay, lah. Because, like we were just talking about increments and uh, bonuses, right? Mm. If your skill level is the same, you're not going to be getting any. I mean, if your company doesn't give you an increment, you can't actually demand for more from another company, right? Yeah. So you need to be able to improve yourself in s- such a way that if your current company doesn't provide you the increment or bonuses that you need. You actually have the option of getting better offers because people can recognize your now improved skill set better right. than your current company. Mm. So yeah, definitely it makes sense for sure. Yeah, and skill sets generally changes over time, right? Back then is who can probably uh, be the best worker in the factory. These days is no longer the same because if you're the best person in the factory, you are probably replaced by a machine. So these mm. days is probably who can make the best code, and in the future maybe it's who can control the best. I don't know what whatever lah. Probably digital lah. You know the way that we're moving forward, right? So skill sets generally change, and it is very important for us to keep our skills up to date. You know. Uh, continue learning. Uh, never stop not learning. Uh, don't be lazy like me. You know, don't, not wanting to make YouTube video because too lazy to learn. Right at the same time, uh, just be aware that inflation times in the stock market might be tough, lah. But mm-hmm. that is generally the easy penting that we wanted to talk about. So. Now we go to a little bit more laid-back conversation, lah, Nico. Right? So we talk yeah. about the future, right? So now, so inflation has been rampant, lah, for more than a year now, and there is no signs of slowing down because, uh, you know, it's at eight point six percent, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If it's slowing down, probably will go down below four, but it's at eight point six percent. It's only going higher. If next uh, CPI reading we get seven, I think uh, everyone will be very happy. But mm. uh, only God can tell, lah. Uh, so we don't know. Um, but like I said, we don't know, right? Uh, which means that we cannot predict the future. And if me and Nico could predict the future, I don't think we'll be sitting down here. I don't <laughs> think we'll be sitting at Wall Street or something like that, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, maybe we can understand a little bit. Uh, your Wall Street thoughts, Nico. What kind of investments are you looking at during high inflationary times? Um. So well, generally, high inflationary time, and also you know going into. Maybe a recession. It's a bit of a challenging time to make investments, and I think an important date that's coming close to us right now is the first of July, because then we will get to find out what the second quarter looks like. And I think the the normal saying is that it takes two negative quarters, and then it's officially a recession, yeah, recession. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. So first of July is going to be quite important in that sense. And so currently, I would say that the best option for people who have, uh, you know, you have a Certain amount of capital, you want to allocate it somewhere where it can actually, like Andrew was saying earlier, grow faster than the rate of inflation. Mm. And so we need to be able to allocate your capital wisely, in the sense that we have a few few things to look out for, lah. First of all, um, what kind of currency is your cash denominated in? 
So if you're looking at the ringgit, right, I think from the one year period, right, between June of last year until June this year, um, it has gone negative 6% against the USD. So you've already lost 6% of your buy- purchasing power there. And then that's not even including the inflation that you're experiencing in your home country, right? Mm-hmm. And the argument then will be like, oh, that means should I now convert all of my cash to USD? And <laughs> I don't think so. Because yeah. also it's like, it's like you're going to be buying USD when it's high mm-hmm. rather than, you know, maybe wait for it for a bit and then later you can convert when it's back lower maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's, that's one point of view. And the second point of view is whatever denomination your cash is in, whatever currency it's in, you should be able to place it into assets, real assets that can provide you a decent return over time. And in Malaysia, I think it's a bit challenging because there's nothing that we know of that can provide you like a 5 or 6% year per year guaranteed. I think only EPF, EPF does that. Yeah, yeah, EPF, yeah. Probably yeah. ASB if you have a Bumiputra status, right? Yeah, ASB. But other mm-hmm. than that, if like you're talking about mutual funds or you're talking about unit trust or, you know, any other type of uh, um, investment arrangement, I don't think there's anything that's that reliable. Yeah, but because if we're looking to no the one... US, then probably like the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ, you have a better chance. You have a much better chance over there. Yeah, because I don't think anyone gives you guaranteed returns besides EPF and ASB, right, Nico? It's not about like guaranteed returns. Uh, it's like I'm more focused on historical returns. Oh, I don't okay. care what people say, right? People can guarantee me anything. I also don't really care what they say because their opinion matters very little to me. But then if you look at historic returns is what I'm more concerned about. If you're looking at the S&P uh, 500 uh, historical run or the Nasdaq 100 historical returns, I think... Anyhow, also, you don't have to guarantee me anything. I already have a rough idea of what I can expect. Yeah. Whereas if you look at like the EPF's historical returns or you look at the historical returns of certain uh, investment mutual funds and unit trust, right? It doesn't, uh, <laughs> it doesn't convince me that I should be able to park my money there. You know, yeah. that, that's where I'm heading at. Like guarantees or not, is not too big of a concern. Uh, but historical returns will give me more confidence to be able to put my money there. Uh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but generally right now, if you're looking at any of your portfolio, right, like even mm. if you're like talking about stash away, because many Malaysians like to use stash away since we're talking about Malaysia right now, right? Mm-hmm. Many Malaysians like to use stash away, Rais or Rahid or whatever, Wahid or something like that, right? Most of them are in the muddler, right? They're muddled right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard to not be muddled when everything is stopping. La. You cannot expect them to make money when everything is dropping. Where to invest, la, bro? Nowhere to put your money. So your money, money cannot magically grow on trees, right? This is not, yeah. this is not uh, fairy tale shit or whatever, right? So <laughs> when, when it's dropping, everything drops. You got to accept that. You know, sometimes you have to take an L, la, right? Uh, you have, yeah. So once in a while, you have to take an L, right? Uh, and... The best way to not take an L is probably go to ASB or EPF. But if this continues to happen, right, don't be surprised if ASB and EPF don't give you a very good return next year. Because where do they make their money from? Also, the stock market and bond market, uh, money market funds, right? They also invest into this kind of place, right? So mm-hmm. if they, those, this kind of place are dying and they want to give you the same returns as a good year, very hard, lah, very hard. You know, it's not that easy. <laughs> Not that easy because uh, 
it's the same playing playing field that everyone's playing on you know it's the yeah. same field it's the old Trafford that everyone's playing on and right now the field is like Bukit Jalil very hard to play <laughs> uh, all mudded <laughs> white, water. water everywhere and everyone's taking the stupid thing trying to scoop out the water <laughs> uh, I don't know what you call it you know like a broom to the thing I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's very tough but for me right Nico do you want to add on anything before I go on to mine I mean like Again, I always go back to value value plays and value stocks. Mm. And I think, you know, now that certain companies are um, having a downturn and they've dropped by maybe 50%, 40% in price, they're definitely cheaper than they were six months ago. That's obvious when you look at the graph. But I mean, some of them are getting into comfortable range where I can say that, okay, now it's at a value range or perhaps maybe... Now is a good time for me to start my DCA on this company, mm. so that even though if it let's say drops another fifteen, twenty, fifty percent, I can still actually have a good run for years to come, lah. Mm. So my thinking is obviously since the beginning of this whole investing journey, mm. always look through the company's fundamentals, try to find companies that are you know cash rich, not tied down to too much debt, and yep. also. A good economic economical mode and great management. It comes down to that, but of course, that's always very hard to, you know, make the decision lah. Like you can read hundreds of companies annual reports or so, but you might only find one right that's actually worth your money. And even then, they might not be in a sort of a value range. So it's a bit yeah. hard, but it's getting into that area where things are starting to look better for value investment lah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so before I go on to my point, uh, maybe if there's any new listeners here today, DCA means dollar cost averaging. What you could mm. say just now, dollar cost averaging, which means that every month I put in the same amount of value. So if it's expensive that month, I pay. If it's cheap that month, I pay. If it's in the middle, I pay. Whatever your price is, I'll pay. Right. So uh, yeah. at the end of the day, I get the average value, which is generally the best price you can get, lah. You know, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Okay, so mine, uh, you know. I have a very different way of looking at investments, so Nico. Yep, yep. So, uh, I've been looking at tech stocks and because they all have been beaten to the ground, right? And I would say that they are pretty cheap now as compared to like what, uh, very long time ago, right? Before 2021 or whatever, they have been at all-time highs and stuff like that, right? Right now, we are at levels that we have never seen before, but many people are saying this is a problem, that capitulation has just started, meaning that the stock market has further to fall, right? When the Fed is still trying to remove $2 trillion from the circulation in the market today, Mm -hmm. right? So, what is capitulation? Capitulation, how do we see when capitulation usually starts? If history is to repeat themselves, capitulation usually starts when big companies start laying off people and speculative stuff going bust, like that crypto that went to zero. What what, what, what is it called? Luna or USDT? Yeah, Some, yeah. It's something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So stuff that are very highly speculative will go bazooka you know explode and big companies usually will start laying off people and we have already seen that you know companies like tesla they want to lay off people and you know i always believe history will repeat himself right it will not 100% be the same la obviously will not 100% be the same but generally the idea of it will always be the same that that is my understanding la mm-hmm. and if i had money today right now uh, okay if i had uh, 
because <laughs> engineer no money one actually <laughs> i would like to look at companies that have fulfilled the two criteria that warren buffett said earlier and also see what kind of stocks that are trading significant significantly lower level than what it is worth because if i were to think back about my investing journey right for past three years or whatever right mm-hmm. the most comfortable investment i've ever made was not tesla was not mm-hmm. apple but was gunting because i knew back in covid right I, okay i cannot say i knew because i didn't know i had a feeling right yeah, yeah. Uh, i didn't know because right now yeah i cannot cannot claim right? this kind of thing i cannot claim huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in covid right because it was just beaten to the ground and there was like back uh it, the value disparity was just so much you know yeah Gunting was only okay lah. You may say like it's going to be bad for COVID, and at that time there was a lot of uncertainty when COVID was going to get recovered. But from what I understood about the, the sectors itself, right, most it could go maybe like three to four years, five years. That the whole economy still shut down without opening anything, you know. And in what two years we open it back already, right? Yeah. And Gunting could survive up to four to five years from my my understanding back then. So that was my most comfortable investment. And today there is a lot of opportunity as what there was three to six months ago. Three to six months ago, like Nico said, lah, everything was trading at a very high value. It's very hard to buy anything. It's fifty percent drop today, right? Yeah. A lot of things are more affordable. Is it a good purchase? Very hard to say because we are not diving into that specific stock. But is it better than six months ago? Definitely, because it's paying incentive, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, the predator must know when to strike, lah, when to pounce, and not mm. catch the falling knife. That's what true. I want to put my point in, lah, Nico. True. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's definitely as an investor, it's like you're just going to be watching and monitoring your watch list. And as soon as something hits a uh, value that you think is right, then probably you have to bounce, pop in, lah. Yeah, and, and that's pretty much what makes a uh, good investor. It differentiates the good from the bad investors. Uh. Like, um, I think a lot of these um hedge funds or or investment firms right now they're jumping in big, but uh, you might not see it now. Only later, only you'll find out that oh, they bought this during this period, this period. Because it's the same like in the COVID crash, right? Whoever had uh cash on hand when the crash happened people bounced in and when they got in easy returns of 40% 60% right for them yeah but if you're not ready then don't hop in that's what i would suggest if you're not like uh, if you've not done your homework on a certain company if you have um you're not sh- exactly sure if you should be getting in or not then probably index index fund investing will be a safer option uh, which is smp or nasdaq Again, you can just uh, DCA into it, and over time, you should be able to come up with a uh, better returns. Ah, uh, especially yeah. since your starting ground is your starting point is very far from the all-time highs, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you think about it, stocks that have fallen by fifty percent, right? If you buy them at a fifty percent discount, the minute they get back to the original all-time high, you've already made one hundred percent. Yeah, you double your money. Yeah, yeah. so definitely, it's a interesting time and. Like back to the earlier part, Andrew asked about the is it scary times. Uh, the decision is in your hands. So mm. how scary it is, it depends on the quality of your decisions being made today. Find but, the right path, oh, like Kevin De Bruyne, lah. <laughs> yeah, assist, <laughs> but have to assist yourself, lah. You can't be assisting other people. Yeah, yeah. No one will <laughs> want to put the goal in for you. You have to run and put it in, lah. No yeah. choice, ah. 
But I mean, also consider the fact that um, stocks are not the only investment options that hold value. Like I was saying earlier, you can choose, basically try to get real assets. Like some people will just keep their money in terms of gold. So that way, you even if your ringgit devalues against the USD, it doesn't hurt too bad. Some people will be investing in silver or copper or even commodities oh, like uh, speaking beans of commodity, and so on. Nico, speaking of commodity, yeah. I want to add in something. Okay. Fun fact, right? This is just a fun fact because usually we have fun fact in our column, right, Nico? <laughs> we don't yeah, have yeah. it today. But let me just put out a little bit of fun fact. Whenever gas prices or uh, Brent crude or WTI crude has passed more than $100, there has mm-hmm. been a recession. Always. Okay. And right now, our Brent crude is at 120. WTI is probably like 117. The, the disparity is always like $3, $4 on uh, usually for Brent and mm-hmm. WTI, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's over 100 so if history were to repeat itself once again like i was saying earlier there was a lot of uh repeating itself again now huh? mm-hmm. a recession is bound to happen hmm well, yeah. that's interesting actually yeah i didn't know this fact but I mean, that's very interesting considering considering in 2020 oil was at negative mm. <laughs> less yeah. than zero right? yeah 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 and now it's 120 dollars okay wow Hmm. So if you invested in oil back then, probably you'd be a very rich man, lah. But who want to invest? Right? <laughs> you have to be balls of steel to invest at that time, huh? Exactly, uh, especially yeah. when Tesla is coming out, and then they're yeah. saying that we're shifting from uh, ice engines, uh, internal combustion engines to Correct. electric engines. Wow. Okay. A lot but of yeah, noise, again, Usually, yeah. Go on, Nico. Again, it's not. Uh, just about stocks you can just go on to other asset classes and an interesting thing also to consider is how inflation affects certain types of debt so if you do have debt right and your debt is maybe one percent or two percent or whatever right technically as inflation goes up the value you owe to the bank or the financial instrument reduces over time as well so let's say you got into a higher purchase agreement for a car right and your car is worth one hundred thousand dollars at the time of purchase and you have a fixed rate loan of maybe two percent or three percent that you already made last year going forward your car is actually getting cheaper with inflation i mean of course you you lose in terms of the selling value of the car right Mm -hmm. but if you're going to be holding that car for the rest of your life or whatever technically you're paying less for the car than you actually initially purchased it for right oh yeah yeah okay yeah makes sense now it makes sense yeah yeah it means basically the agreement was made like two years ago right you guys mm-hmm. agreed this is the price i'm paying and whatever even though inflation is going up your loan payments does not increase mm. so technically yeah. your car is worth more now but you don't have to actually pay the person that you loan money from you get what i'm mm. saying yeah, so that yeah, kind yeah. of works with a lot of different assets as well so we're talking about, let's say, if you purchase a home also with a fixed rate loan, right? Some people actually take massive advantage over this because they know how to play that game, right? They know how to play with debt. Some people just take debt on without knowing these kind of things and then that's where you struggle to meet, match payments, right? But there are serious investors who know how to leverage debt even in times of inflation. And that is also something you should consider if, let's say, you know, you're looking at bigger asset classes which requires loans and which requires uh, financing, right? So inflation is bad, but it's not, it, it depends on how you play it, right? Yeah. Inflation yeah. plus debt is going to be bad if you're not playing it right. If you don't have the means to pay it back, then of course it's going to be bad for you. Lah. Yeah, but, it's like a double-edged sword, lah, Nico, right? Yeah, you need to know but, how to swing it. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. But if you know how to structure it right, you know how what your plan is in terms of repayments, you can actually take advan- a big advantage of having the leverage of having the cash in hand now. And then with inflation, as it goes up, your it actually becomes a cheaper purchase for you right now. Yeah, yeah. And a so lot of rich a- people actually know how to use this thing and that's how they become richer during this kind of times because they, they leverage on their knowledge and also leverage on the money that people are afraid to have on. Yep, exactly. But again, if, like, say you're a beginner, I'm not telling you to jump into oh, sure. right now. <laughs> I'm just saying that this is an idea for you to go and explore so that perhaps next time in the next recession, or maybe even if in this recession you can get enough knowledge to make a confident judgment, is perhaps something you can choose to opt for with whatever, you know, resources you have available. It's not just, uh, not just trying to scare you or what la, but i'm saying that it's an option la. if yeah. you haven't heard of it before and this is the first time hearing about it sure go ahead and do your own research on it so i guess that's all la, for today nico right we've been talking about 30 minutes now and mm. i hope everyone has enjoyed the episode yeah a little bit of a shit storm but you know at once in a while we have to live in the mud for a while to remember where we came from mm-hmm. and yeah i hope the uh what do you call this the, the end of the rainbow irish spot or whatever nonsense <laughs> is there and we will be able to see the sunlight soon not the stairway to heaven but out of the storm yeah. with that being said i hope you guys enjoy uh this enjoy this episode and remember to think before you invest guys Ciao. if you're still here at the end of the podcast do follow this podcast and subscribe to our youtube channel to catch all the latest episodes from us you can follow our instagram page at ring it to dollar underscore Hope you enjoyed this podcast. I will see you in the next episode. But remember to always do your due diligence before investing. Till next time.